Sports, politics, life. Back Nine Development presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Online at backninedevelopment.com. I mean, I would argue uh, for the region, it was the best, certainly, college football weekend this region's had in a long time. You had uh, top 25 Mizzou playing number one Georgia. You had a top 25 KU team playing Iowa State. You had the top 25 K-State team taking on Texas. And then, of course, you had the Chiefs as well. Uh, Kevin Keatsman, the podcast, you've got to be listening to it. Kevin Keatsman has issues. Joining us on KCMO Talk Radio. Let's start off, Kevin, because there's a lot to get to here, my friend, with the uh, with the Chiefs. That game yesterday, they got the win. Uh, they come home 7-2 and two going into the bye. But what concerns you about this team right now? Well, Pete, great to be with you. I think what concerns me about the Chiefs is what concerns everyone else is they have these gaps where the offense just kind of goes AWOL and doesn't do much. And maybe yesterday it was a case of we're up 21 nothing. This game looks like it's over. The Dolphins had that look in their eye like they just wanted to go home. So maybe there was some of that, but the offense flat didn't do its job in the second half. Now, that doesn't mean the Chiefs can't win a Super Bowl playing this way because their defense is better than I can ever remember. I'm not sure I've seen a Chiefs defense this good since Marty Schottenheimer was the coach here in the 90s. I mean, it's been that long. So they don't have to have Patrick Mahomes in the offense be so outstanding every single week to win. That's the good news. I also think Andy Reid is coaching toward that a little bit. Like, they're not trying to go downfield too much. They had a lead. They played it conservatively. All of those things kind of add up. In the end, it was a bizarre call by Andy Reid on third and one with, what, two and a half minutes to play or whatever was left in the game, 2.42 to go. With with third and less than one, he doesn't have Pacheco on the field, and some little pass thing blows up and goes incomplete and they have to punt the ball away. Then the Dolphins are held by the Chiefs defense, and they win the game. So it wasn't Mahomes. It wasn't the offense. It was the Chiefs defense that won this game, and Count me in on that. I think the Chiefs are going to be hard to beat if they play great defense. Now, what would you do? I mean, offensively, you know, we've questioned the wide receivers. If Kelsey's, you know, not having a great game, who's the go-to guy? Who would your go-to be right now? Well, I think Rasheed Rice is going to emerge as a really good player in the NFL, but we, you know, this is just a collection of dudes, and they're all capable of dropping the ball at any any moment if they're not wide open. If When Chiefs receivers are covered and Mahomes drops, he had a couple of them yesterday, he just threaded it in there beautifully – they don't ever make the play. And we watch these other teams. You've seen them, Pete. Everybody, everybody listening has seen other teams with big-time receivers. The Bengals last night. My goodness. Ed Higgins goes up and gets a ball, and it's over. He's going to get it every time. Yep. Mahomes just doesn't have a guy like that. So you can't really play toward that. I think maybe more running game, more Pacheco. You know, they're do- I think the Chiefs are doing the right things. They just are what they are. They're going to have to get better at it because teams are simply going to say, we're not going to let Kelsey beat us. And that's what the Dolphins did. They doubled him the entire game and said, Kelsey isn't going to beat us. You got somebody else, good luck, but he's not going to beat us. But again, 21 points is going to win a lot of games for the Chiefs. Are the Broncos the only team that has scored more than 21 on the Chiefs this year? And that was 24 last week when the Chiefs turned it over five times. I mean, this defense is Mm -hmm. legit, man. Yeah, no, it's very true. Kevin, I want to drop to the college level. Uh, a lot of things going on locally on that front over the weekend. Let me start with this. Uh, K-State, if you're Chris Kleiman, are you kicking the field goal in overtime, tying the game, going to double OT when you've had this Texas team on the ropes for the last quarter and a half? Okay, here's what I think happened. I think when he got first and goal at the seven, he told Will Howard his offense, we are not kicking the ball. We got four plays, get it in. We score here, we go to the Big 12 championship game. And he won the Big 12 title last year, so it's easier to take chances when you've done that. 
right? He's not looking for a new contract. He's not looking for a new job. He's not mm-hmm. looking to please anybody but himself. I think he said, boys, you got four plays. We're not even going to consider kicking it. Now, if they had a 15-yard penalty and got backed up at the 19-yard line, maybe. I think he had long decided before that fourth down that he was going to give it four shots. The analytics say you have about an 85% chance of scoring when you have four shots from the seven-yard line. I think he did the right thing. Now, if I did that, I might have chickened out. I might have taken the chicken exit at fourth and goal from the four. You know what I'm saying? But then but then, how do you look your players in the eye? When you've challenged your offense and said, we're going for, we're, we've got four plays, boys, let's go do this. Then you change your mind. How do you look them in the eye? I mean, that offense wanted that opportunity. So I don't really have a problem with it. I probably would have taken the chicken exit. Just me, but I probably would have. Yeah. I, I I would have too, just because of how the last quarter and a half had gone in that game uh, yeah. for Kansas State. But I get it. That conversation was had. I understand it. Uh, Missouri, meantime, you know, they played Georgia. They, they played them close for a lot of that game, of course, and they played them close last year as well. But as far as I see it, as long as Missouri is sitting here in the SEC East, um, I, I don't know what their future is to try to win the conference with Georgia in there as the number one team in the country. So what's the takeaway from that Missouri loss to Georgia over the weekend? You know, it's kind of like, when KU and K-State played Texas, I, I just think Missouri, KU, and K-State are all just a notch below the elite teams. And I think Texas could be an elite team. Georgia clearly is an elite team. Missouri had the lead for 58 minutes last year against Georgia in Columbia. I think Missouri has a win against Georgia coming. I don't know when it is, but I think sometime like in the next four or five years, they're going to pull off the upset and beat them once. They're playing them close enough that it's right there. Ultimately, Brady Cook and the two interceptions was was a big deal. He just didn't have a good enough day passing the ball. Missouri ran for 150 yards on Georgia. That in and of itself says a lot. That you went on the road mm-hmm. and you went to Athens and you rushed for over 150 yards. That's pretty strong. So Missouri's right there. They're just not championship pedigree. And I think it's the same across the board with KU and K-State. And and when you look at what Eli Drinkwitz has done this year, I mean, is he is he long-term? Is he the guy uh, for this program for the foreseeable future? Well, he gets a contract extension pretty much every year. Look, Missouri fans oh, wanted true. Be- before the K-State game, every Missouri fan wanted him fired. They hit a 61-yard field goal and win, win a game against K-State. Then they get confidence. Then they go on a roll, and they're winning games. May- probably should have won the LSU game, to be quite honest. They actually maybe blew that one more than anything else. But this is a good football team. Yeah, Eli Drinkwitz is doing a nice job at Missouri. He's goofy. He's constantly screaming at the refs. He can embarrass the program <laughs> in a moment's notice. He can embarrass everyone at Mizzou. But he's winning football games, and they're playing well. I, I think he's there to stay for a while. Yeah. Now, we got three great college coaches talking about the big schools in our region. Kleiman, um, Leipold, and then Drinkwitz. What KU did, they've won back-to-back Big 12 games now for the first time in 15 years. They've reached the seven-win mark for the first time in 15 years. Uh, Lance Leipold has this team a game back of uh, the Big 12 title race with three weeks to go. They beat Iowa State over the weekend. I don't know if anyone would have predicted this with Lance Leipold, but what does it say about KU football and this program, what he's been able to do with it, Kevin? Well, it's been remarkable. They're very well coached. When you watch Kansas play, you don't look out there and go, wow, you know, they've got players like Texas or something like that. They're not. They're just well coached. The offense has got such great spacing. They work guys open for easy completions. This Kotelnicki, the offensive coordinator, is just an absolute stud. He may be the best in the country. And he's been with Leipold now for, what, 20 years? And they've been together forever. They've coached together. I don't think Lance Leipold is staying at Kansas. I think Michigan's going to come calling very soon. And it's going to be really hard for Lance Leipold to stay. But the good news for Kansas is 
the genius behind everything they're doing, I think, is with the offensive coordinator, and he would immediately become the head coach in my mind. So I think they are set up for a long period of really good football at Kansas while the conference is getting easier. You can look at KU's schedule next year that they're going to play with Oklahoma and Texas now gone and the new teams in, and you're looking at a team that's probably favored in 9 or 10 of their 12 games next year. I mean, that's just unbelievable from a team that couldn't... The over-under three years ago on KU for wins was one. And now we're talking about next year they may be favored in 10 games? That's remarkable. Now, you're saying, though, you think Harbaugh's going to be gone to the NFL or something's going to happen there that would open up that that position for a guy like Lance Leipold? I don't think the liberals in the media are going to stop on Harbaugh. They hate him. He's Catholic. He's devoutly Catholic. He's spoken out as pro-life. He's made all kinds of political. And ESPN lost the Big Ten contract. ESPN is all over Harbaugh. They're not going to, they're sinking their teeth into this guy. They want a pound of flesh and they want him out for what stealing signs. I thought stealing signs was part of sports. Everybody steals signs. What is going on at Michigan? I don't understand it, but they're not going to let go. They're going to want him out. And Michigan's a very liberal place. And I, I just, I've seen this act before they're, the clearly the national media want him out. And if he's out at Michigan, I don't think there's any question they're going to be looking at Lance Leipold. Wow. All right. Well, Kevin, before I let you out of here, um, there's, there's, you have involved yourself, and we've had uh, callers ask about this and bring this up. You have involved yourself in the Lenexa mayoral race. It is coming in hot like a lot of these local races are tomorrow. What's going on there? Okay, we had a great mayor named Mike Bame for 20 years. A good conservative mayor. Lenexa is great. It's an unbelievable place to live. We have way more Republicans than Democrats in Lenexa. It's not close. Mayor Bame would run unopposed all the time. Nobody ran against him. He's, he's just done a fantastic job in Lenexa. The growth, everything's just been great here. We love Lenexa. Everybody who lives here loves it. We now have a mayoral race with a crazy interior designer lady that is scores 100 with the LGBTQ organizations, is pro-abortion. We know what she is, okay? We, we know who and what she is. But when you go vote, it doesn't say whether she's Republican or Democrat. You can't say. And Joe Carlin's my guy. He's a Republican, and he's probably a rhino, to be honest. He's not my kind of conservative, I don't think. And he doesn't want to run a campaign where he's going out there telling people that I'm the conservative and she's not. They're playing nice. Well, playing nice plays right into the Democrats' hands. In Shawnee, they don't do this, Pete. They've got a seven-to-one city council to Republicans now in Shawnee. And the mayor that's running for mayor, they're both calling themselves Republicans, although it's not on the ballot. One of them, I think his name's Emming or Lemming, Hemming, that's running is a mm -hmm. real conservative. And he's sending flyers out say, I stand with the city council. Because everyone in Shawnee knows the council is now very conservative. But they're not doing that, Lenexa. In this Julie chick that's running, I, I know exactly who and what she is. It's a four-year death sentence for Lenexa if she wins. I'm telling you, you put a liberal mayor in this he town and we become Prairie Village. Here's my only concern with any of this stuff, Kevin. And I, I agree with what you just said there. These local races, I, yes, I want to know kind of where people stand on their values. That being said, I want to know where you're at on issues like apartments, public schools. Like, what do they want to do on those things? I don't, I don't really care what you think about Trump or Biden or, you know, a lot of the social issues. I want to know where you're at on these apartments that are destroying suburban areas all across Kansas City. I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. And, and both of them say they want to do low-income housing or whatever that means. I don't know. It's To me... There's more to this than that, because what Julie Sayers did was she posted on Facebook that I'm some right-wing extremist. She lumped me in with criminals who are threatening and vandalizing her 
which I told her if she doesn't stop, I'm going to call a lawyer and sue her ass because it's just awful what she was trying to do to me. I mean, this is ridiculous. She won't do it to a candidate she's running mm-hmm. against, but she's picking on a guy with a podcast that is one of her taxpayers living in Lenexa. Come on. She's got no class, none, zero attacking wow. me. And I went back at her and I invited her on my podcast and I asked her to please send me pictures of the vandalism because I missed those on her Facebook page. And I want to see the threats. She's called the police, apparently. And oh, okay, if you're doing all this- no, she lumped me in with people she called the police on. I said, who oh, are they? Oh, okay. She's like, I'm like, I'm, you know, pushing these extremists. You know, their playbook on the left, right wing extremism. Yeah. It's crazy. She's nuts. And it's all fake. It's all a lie. She didn't. The police aren't looking into anything. There's not been any vandalism. It's all a lie. She's just lying now wow. and trying to lump me into this thing. I'm like, I've had it with you. I sent her the email. I said, name one thing that I said on the podcast that's not accurate. Correct me, and I will correct it. Send me the photos, and I will publish them of the vandalism. I'll put them out there for everyone to see. I will apologize to you, and I'll bring you on the podcast where I'll only ask you questions. I will not give an opinion. We'll do no commercials, no intro, nothing. I'll just give you the forum, and they have not responded to me. I didn't realize that happened. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you know, we got your back here, Kevin, on KCMO. So <laughs> thank you. We'll be we'll be following and we'll be uh, listening to the podcast. Make sure you check it out. Kevin Keatsman has issues. Thanks so much, Kevin. Go Joe Carlin, and I love Jennifer Gilmore. I like the school board. She won that lawsuit last week. It was awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Thank you very much. He is Kevin Keatsman. Thanks for listening. That Kevin Keatsman has issues. Presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. Ah!